Let's go straight to the Bible. All right, go to the book of Jonah. You know where Jonah is? Jonah's small. He's in the whale, so search after him. Uh, it's in the Old Testament. It's towards the end of the Old Testament, so if you want to go to the New Testament, work your way back. Pretty close that way. After Amos, Obadiah. Bet you didn't know Obadiah was in the Bible. Hey, good job. Genius. Jonah. <laughs> that, that is true. Page 746 in my Bible. 775. It's close. Who said 182? No way. 482? Just page 4? Interesting. Yeah, you can go to the contents. That's easy enough. The book is Jonah. Jonah, you know all of the chapters. We're just going to sit here and read the whole thing. No, that's really not going to happen. It's going to take forever. So I'm going to summarize, okay, so you guys can follow along with me in your Bible, and you can see that I'm really taking it out of the Bible. I'm not just making this story up. So you follow along, but I'm not going to actually read through it. It's just going to take us forever, but we're going to summarize this. So Jonah, Jonah's a prophet. <laughs> ah. Jonah was a prophet. Right? In the Old Testament. He was a man of God. He loved the Lord. He prophesied the word of the Lord. Right? And then God calls him to go to the city of Nineveh. Now we know he's already a prophet, so it means he's already prophesied to other people before. He's probably already been sent to other areas and other nations. And so God calls him, and this is the only thing that we see of where he gets called to go to, but he calls him to Nineveh. So God calls him, he says, go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it because of their wickedness. A lot of the times, Old Testament, the prophets would have to go and preach against a nation. And a lot of times they didn't respond real well to that, didn't enjoy it too much. But in this time, he's supposed to preach against them because they're all wicked and none of them are serving the Lord. And he's called to go there. So what does Jonah do? He runs away. He goes the opposite direction. So he goes, he gets called to go to Nineveh, and he turns, and he goes completely the opposite way to Tarshish. Tarshish. Sounds like you have a lisp when you say it, so if you have a lisp, it'll sound normal. Tarshish. Tarshish. Right? Okay, so he goes on this boat, this ship, on his way to Tarshish. And he is heading away from the Lord. He's running away from God because he does not want to go in that direction. He wants to go the other way. So he follows his own want, his own desire, and he goes away. He boards this ship. And in the middle of this, a storm hits, right? And the waves start piling over. And the ship is about to sink. And what's Jonah doing? Jonah's sleeping. Jonah is sleeping. Everybody else is freaking out, panicking, throwing things over the ship, trying to make it lighter so that they will survive. Right? And so they're all panicking. They're all calling out to all their own gods. They're all yelling, probably making up gods in the middle of it, probably worshiping whatever they can find, hoping that something 
will save them. They're all crying out to their own gods, and then the captain finds Jonah sleeping, and he comes after Jonah, and he says, what the heck are you doing? We're about to sink right now, and you're sleeping. He's like, get up, call out to your God. He doesn't know who Jonah is. He doesn't know who his God is. He doesn't care. He says, try your God. Something's got to work. Somebody upset some God, and we're about to get destroyed because of it. So Jonah finally gets up. He realizes it's his fault. Long story short, he says, just throw me over. I know it's my God, the God of the universe, the God that created the ocean, right? The God that created all of this. And they're like, oh, it's you. It's your fault. And so he says, okay, now throw me over. And they throw him over. And instantly, it's calm. Instantly, the waves stop. And in that moment, those people on the ship knew that God was real, and they actually worshiped God. They believed in God after that. So even though Jonah was running away from the Lord, the Lord was still redeeming that situation and still blessing those people and leading people to himself. And Jonah is in the middle of the ocean overboard. Jonah's thinking it's his end. He's about to die. And then God sends a big, giant fish to come and to eat him, to swallow him. Right, we all think it's a whale. Could be the swamp monster. It says fish. The what? Nessie. Oh, the, <laughs> the Loch Ness monster. It could be anything. It says it's a fish. So the fish swallows him whole, and he's in there for three days, realizing. He's alive, realizing that the Lord spared his life and loved him and had mercy on him even though he ran away. So Jonah starts praying to the Lord, starts repenting of his sin, starts running back to God. He knew he had run away, and now he's wanting to run back to God, back to the Father. And so the whale spits him up on shore, and then Jonah's, just like that, and Jonah's, Got a little fire and a passion inside of him. He's a little bit revived and rejuvenated. He's ready to go do the work of the Lord. Now he says, okay, God, where do you want me? And he says, go to Nineveh. And this time he's obedient. This time he goes after it. He goes to Nineveh and he starts preaching the word of the Lord. He starts preaching exactly what he says. He says, you were all wicked. You're all going to die. Summarized. If you don't repent of your sins and live for the Lord, he's going to destroy this whole city. He got 40 days. Basically, how he, he breaks it out. He had 40 days where the Lord would wipe out that whole city if they didn't turn towards him. And so in that moment, over 120,000 people gave their life to the Lord just like that. Started serving God, right, because Jonah was faithful to go to Nineveh, because he was faithful to go after what God had called him to. He was faithful, even though he ran away at a time, he turned back and he ran towards Nineveh. He ran after it, right? And so 120,000 people get saved just like that. He was probably expecting a little bit more fight and take a little bit longer, but they all just get saved. And how does Jonah reply? Started jumping up and down and high-fiving all the people and excited that he just led 120,000 people to the Lord? No, he's angry. 
He wanted them all to die. He wanted justice, but God wanted mercy. God wanted to save the people, but he wanted something different. He wanted them to die because they were evil and they were wicked. This is coming from the guy who just turned and ran away from the Lord. And the Lord saved his life after he was thrown into the ocean. He, he accepted the mercy of the Lord for his life, but he didn't want it for the rest of them. So God sends him back to the whale. No, that would be a cool ending. Get back in there. You didn't learn your lesson. So he's frustrated. He's yelling out to the Lord, what are you doing? Just let him die. And he runs away, and he turns again, just after seeing a miracle, just after seeing God do something amazing through him. He still runs back. He runs away, and he finds comfort in this shelter that he builds. He builds this shelter outside of the city because he's hoping to watch the city burn. That's his plan. He's going to sit back, and he's going to watch it burn, hoping that God's still going to burn it down. And so God sends this plant that builds up, that gives him some shade. And man, he is so comfortable just loving it. Just loving it. He's got this shade. What? Like McDonald's, just loving it. He had a cheeseburger in his hand, had some french fries. He's loving it. Yum. Oh, that's Red Robin. Right, so he's, he's enjoying this shade. It says it's vi- he's very happy. And the next day the Lord sends a worm, and the worm destroys the plant. And heat comes in and wakes him up. And it's hot, and it's miserable. And that's the end of the story. Let's pray. It's a good story, huh? Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for your love over us. God, we thank you that you are such a merciful God. Lord, we thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to come after us, to die for our sins that we deserve, Lord. And God, that you have given us new life so we can be reconciled with you. Father, we're so grateful to be your children. We're so grateful to be loved by you. We ask that you would teach us and speak to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Jonah. Jonah's a prophet, right? Already a successful prophet. Meaning he's prophesied and it was accurate. If he wasn't a successful prophet, they would kill him and he'd be dead. So he was a prophet, right? He knew the Lord. He knew the voice of the Lord. He knew the Lord's plan for his own life. He knew he was called to be a prophet. So he knew his calling, right? And he also knew God's voice and he knew God's plan for him in that season, in that moment. His plan for him was to go to Nineveh. Right? He knew the calling, he knew the place, he knew the people, he knew exactly where he was supposed to be and the moment he was supposed to be in it. It wasn't like he misunderstood God. He heard the voice of the Lord. He just chose to run away. He had already seen God do miracles, he'd already seen God do things through him because he had prophesied accurately already. So he saw things come to pass, he knew God was real, but he was selfish. He didn't want to go after this thing that God had called him to go after because of something in his own heart that was leading him a different way. He didn't want to do it. It wasn't comfortable for him. It wasn't what he wanted. It wasn't what he desired. So he turned and he ran in the opposite direction. It didn't matter where he was going. He was going away. He was running away from Nineveh. 
He would have gone anywhere as long as it was the opposite way of Nineveh. He's running away because God had called him to do something that was outside of his comfort zone. It was outside of what he wanted. It was outside of what made him happy. It was different. It was different than what he wanted. He knew exactly where to go, but he went the other way. He went opposite. And we as Christians are like this a lot. We know that God has called us to live a life that is full in him. Right? I've been preaching it so, for months, so we should know it. Right? We know that God calls each one of us individually when we give our life to him. We know that we're trading our life for him. And we know that we all have a calling on our life, a place that we are called to, a people that we are called to. We all have specific giftings and abilities and passions and dreams that God has placed inside of us. But see, there's a lot of times that we know where we're called to go, but it's comfortable to go a different way. We know that we're called to a specific people, but it's easier to not go over there. We know we're called to stand out in our schools and be a light, as we read it in the Bible. But it's a lot more difficult to actually be the light, so we decide it's easier just to fit in, just to get by. Right? We know we're called to this high standard and this this high gifting and this high place. But it's easier to live down here. It's easier to live mediocre. It's easier to do what we want to do. See, there's this constant battle in our lives that will always be the case of God's will for us, our lives and what he wants for us and then our own just selfish ways of what we want. Every day I run into this problem. Every day when I wake up, Every day before I go to bed, I always have this great plan of growing, reading something, just anything. Right? Waking up early, cooking myself breakfast. It just doesn't happen. I just choose not to because it's easier to hit the snooze button and then not eat breakfast and then eat a second or third dinner. That's what I'm talking about. Right? Because it's easier. Well, anyway, in our natural life and our natural things, it's the same thing in our spiritual life. There's this battle of, of living at the place that we're called to live to or living for the people we're called to rather than living for ourselves and what we want in the moment that we want it. And see, Jonah ran into this problem of he knew he was called to be a prophet. He knew he was called to these people, but he didn't want to do it. It was uncomfortable for him. It wasn't in his plan. So he turned and he ran. And we can be like this. Where we have this struggle of wanting what we want, but at the same time still wanting to serve the Lord. Right? Still wanting what God has for us and for our lives. But there's all these distractions and all these things that make it more comfortable to live. So Jonah was called to go to Nineveh. Now, when I say Nineveh, I think it, it represents a few different things. And this is how I'm breaking it out. So every time I talk about Nineveh, it's this. For Jonah, Nineveh was his relationship with the Lord, first of all. When he was running from Nineveh, he was running from his relationship with God. 
Because he knew if he kept following the Lord, he was eventually going to have to go to Nineveh. So he ran from that. He also ran from his calling. He knew his calling. He knew what he was called to do, what he was called to be. He was called to be a prophet. He knew it, and he ran away from his calling. He ran away from the people he was called to. Nineveh also represents those people, the people of Nineveh, the Ninevites, the Nineveans. It was also Nineveh, right? Also the place of Nineveh. He ran from Nineveh, and he also ran from God's plan for him in that moment. When he's running away from the Lord, he's running away from all of these things. He's running away from those people. He's running away from his calling. He's running away from that place, that city, the impact he could potentially make. Right? The things he could potentially do, he's turning and he's running away because he doesn't want to go. Now, we find out later that Jonah was actually not wanting to go because he wanted them to experience justice. He wanted them to die. And he knew that God was merciful. Right? So he's running away from Nineveh because he wants them to die. He doesn't want to preach the good news to him so that them so that they all get saved. He wants what he wants. He wants what's in his own natural desires, his own natural tendencies. So he runs away. He runs away from the Lord and runs towards what he wants in his life. Jonah finds himself comfortable in his complacency. He's running away to a complacent life that is easier. It's not having to do things outside of his plan. He finds himself complacent and happy. It says this boat is about to sink. There's a storm all around it. Waves just piling and crashing on. And what's he doing? He's out. He's asleep like a baby, right? He's got this nice little pillow. He's got his little teddy bear right there. He's got a little down blanket all snuggled in, having a nice dream about not going to Nineveh. Just loving it. And he's comfortable. Here's the thing, we can find comfort even in the things that are not of the Lord. Even in our own daily life, we can find comfort even when we're not serving the Lord. He wasn't serving the Lord and he was happy. He was comfortable. He was delighted. He was excited because he wasn't going to Nineveh. He was happy. We can find ourselves, even when we're not serving the Lord, we get into this place of complacency, this place of mediocrity, and we can be comfortable doing it. Man, it is comfortable to sleep in, to watch TV all day and do absolutely nothing. It can be comfortable. It's not comfortable to get off your butt at 6 in the morning, go to school, work really hard, listen, stay awake during your classes, Right, take notes, do your homework at night, not wait till the last moment of the class before. That's when I used to do mine. Right, not waiting till the last second. It's hard to be disciplined. It's hard to work hard. That's why they call it work. Because it's not easy. I love this little snapping thing. Right, it's difficult It's difficult to not live comfortably. It's difficult to live a life full of him because it's a full of surrendering yourself and your own plans. 
If we had just our own plans, man, we'd be comfortable in them, but we'd get nothing done. Let's be honest. It'd be a terrible life with no rewards. Anything you want out of greatness, to be great at, to do really well, you have to actually work at it. Cecilia didn't just be born amazing at playing the piano and singing. There's a natural gift, but she also has put some time into it. Long hours, you hear that? See? It takes work. Scales. Scales are terrible. I used to do scales when I had the, I was in uh, percussion, did the marimba. I had my scales. They were awful. That's why I'd always mess around during those scales, but that's a different story. I was in band. For real. At Golden View. I look like an orchestra person. <laughs> Back in my day, that was an insult, but I don't know. Right? It's easy. You're also girls. Girls are supposed to be in orchestra. <laughs> what? How many boys do you know in an orchestra? Come on. Oh, hey, what's up? Oliver. All right, let's keep going. What do you play? The cello. See, that's a big manly instrument. Prove my point. There we go. You can still live comfortably for a season being complacent. You can still be comfortable. He was comfortable for a season until he woke up and realized he was in the middle of a storm. And sometimes it takes us doing that, that we live complacently. We live for ourselves. We live selfishly. And then we wake up and we look all around and everything's a disaster and we wonder how it happened. Right? God wants us not to live complacency, not to live back and forth, not to live passionate and then running away. But God wants us to pursue him and pursue after him. And he has a great plan and a great gift and dreams that he places over each one of us. And he wants to see you succeed. He wants you to be successful for the kingdom. He wants you to produce for the kingdom. And your reward is in Are we on? There we go. Right? We, he wanted. He wanted what God had for him. He wanted his life, really. 
He was about to die, and he wanted his life. And so after that, it rejuvenated him. It built him back up, and he was passionate. He was excited, and he ran to Nineveh. And he started preaching to the Ninevites, the Ninevians. Ninevians. Right? He started preaching to them, and he saw all of them get saved. He saw 120,000 people get saved like that because he was faithful, because he went after what God had for him. When we go after the things that God has for us, when we go after our Nineveh and the places that we're called to and the people that we're called to, God rewards it. God blesses it. But see, we all have tendencies to run away from our Nineveh. What is your Nineveh? Right? What are the people? Who are the people that you're called to? What is the place that you're called to? What is your calling on your life? Come on, baby. But see, we all have tendencies to go outside of what we know we're called to because it's easier. When I go on vacation to California, this last year we went to California, Mariah and I, and we dreamed for a while and we're like, man, it would be so easy if we just brought our youth ministry here. All we'd have to do is just run down to the beach in the middle of the morning and say, everybody go to the beach, we're going to play some volleyball. Right? And we play volleyball all day long. And it'd be easy. And we could reach a lot of people out on the beach and we'd be loving it. And it'd be hot. Right? It'd be October in our shorts, swimming in the ocean. Right? Swimming in the ocean in October. You swim in this ocean in October, you just stick. Then a whale gets you. (laughs) Right? It's easier when I think of ministry all year long to be in the sunshine. When I think of camp, I think, man, it'd be so much easier if we were in a different state when it was hot every day. And we knew it would be hot. Right? We don't have to think about how to heat up a swimming pool. How to heat up the lake. We already know it's going to be hot, and we'll want to jump in the lake, right? We can dream about that, and I have tendencies to want that. I have tendencies to wish I was in a warmer climate. I have tendencies of wishing that I was somewhere else when times get difficult here, right? When, when a season gets difficult, when it seems like nothing's being produced, I have tendencies to want to just go somewhere else, to be a part of something that's already great and that's already bumping, that's already big and and full of people. It's more difficult to build something than to be a part of something that's great. It's more difficult to build something great. It takes a lot more time and a lot more dying to yourself, Right? It's a lot more difficult to stay in those places that you're called to or go to those places that you're called to than it is to just do what you want to do, to run away, to run to the places that's easier. Right? I have tendencies in me. There's times where I wish where I wish I just had a, a typical job. I made more money. There's times that I think about that. I wish maybe I'd, I'd made more money. Right, went to a job that, that produces a little more financially. I'm not going to have the biggest house or the nicest car. 
Sometimes I dream about that and I think about that. Sometimes there's, I, times I just wish I had just a normal nine to five job. I could go home and just be with my family at night. There's times that I wish those things. There's times that I think about that and I have those tendencies to wonder, man, it'd be easier if I just did this. Man, it'd be easier if I was just working here. It'd be easier if I just settled for living mediocre and didn't try and keep growing. It'd be easier just to be the same person and not challenge to grow more, right? It'd be easier. Yeah, there's times I think that. Man, it'd be easier if I did this. Be easier to just go somewhere and fit in rather than stand out. Be easier to not have relationships that you really care about because when they're difficult, they're hard. Be easier, yeah, just to run away from hard relationships, wouldn't it? But you'd never have a solid marriage. You'd never have people that stick close with you. And every time I'm dreaming about this, every time I'm wishing or I'm thinking, man, it'd be easier if I do this. I know, and God reminds me, and God tells me, this is my Nineveh. GM, this is my Nineveh. Anchorage, this is my Nineveh. This is where God has called me to be, and I'm not going anywhere. You can try and kick me out, but I'm staying. You can try and entice me to California, but I'm not going. Except for on vacation for a week or two. But I'm staying. This is where I'm called to. Where are you called to? What is your calling? What is your Nineveh? I'm called to preach the gospel, and I'm not going to change that. There's times that it makes me nervous to do it, and I, I feel like it'd be easier just to do something else, but it's not more rewarding. What's more rewarding is chaining, trading my life for somebody else. Trading my life to see somebody else built up and empowered and strengthened and loving the Lord because of something that I did to trade my life for them. That's worth it to me. That's my Nineveh, and that's where I'm staying. Where is your Nineveh? Who is your Nineveh? Who are those people that you're called to? And maybe it's the same person you've been discipling or praying for for the last couple years, and you see no change. But that's your Nineveh. That's the person that you're called to. That's the place you're called to invest in. Don't run away because it's easier to go somewhere else where it's already happening. Because it's easier to go somewhere else where you think you can just grow really quickly. You grow the most in the hardest times. I promise you that. You grow the most when you stay put and go through the difficult seasons rather than running away from them. Jonah didn't grow running away. He realized that he was running away and the Lord brought him back, but he grew when he came back. And he saw 120,000 people get saved. When you stay and when you build in the places he's called you to, when you go towards Nineveh and you run towards the places in your life that's your Nineveh, God rewards you. He, he grows you. He strengthens you. Your character grows so much more when you persevere through hard times than it does when you just lay around on your couch doing nothing. Where's your Nineveh? Who? Who is your Nineveh right now in this place? What's your Nineveh? It's not going to be comfortable, most likely. It's not going to be just the easiest thing, but it's the most rewarding. It's the thing that you love the most. Man, I love my job. I love my family. I love this place, and I love all of you, and I will trade my life for you every day. I promise you that. I will trade my life for this youth ministry, this family, my wife, my kid, that little guy. 
I will trade my life for it because it's worth it. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm not going to run away. Even when it's difficult, I'm staying put. And you need to know in your life what your Nineveh is. You need to know what God is calling you to in this moment, in this time. Because it might be the most difficult thing. It might be stay put or it might be go somewhere else. But you need to know where your Nineveh is. Francis Chan says this. He says, don't, God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we may be in trouble if he doesn't come through. You know, Jonah finally realized that. And that's when he got sent over the edge. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he trusted. He knew that he was running away from the Lord and he trusted the Lord. He didn't know if God was going to kill him, take him to heaven with him, or if he was going to bring him back into the belly of a whale. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he trusted. And then when he went back to Nineveh, he didn't know what was going to happen, but he trusted God. And 120,000 people got saved because he put his faith in God and he believed that even though he was uncomfortable, he was in God's will and he would make a difference. And he did. He made a huge difference, but he still, excuse me, I just burped. He still wasn't happy. Right? We can see miracles happen around us. We can see lives changed around us. We can see God move powerfully around us and still want to go back to our comfort zone right afterwards. Still want to go back to what's easy and what's relaxing. Still go back to what's most familiar, not what's most difficult or what's most rewarding in the end, but what's easiest for us right now. It's easy to go back to that. And that's what Jonah did. He went back to something that was comfortable. And he ran to that little shade. That kept him comfortable. That little plant that kept him comfortable, kept him happy. And it gave him comfort for a short time. And then it died the next day. God's calling you not just to live a life of comfort. He wants to, you to live a life that is full and empowered to do great things for him. But he wants you to live for him. See, the whole thing was God wanted Jonah to be with him. It wasn't about Nineveh. It was about his relationship with God. He wanted him to trust him and to come to God. And God wants you to run to him. He wants you to run to him to know what he's called you to, to know where he's calling you to go. Not just to live for yourself, but to live for him, to live a life of sacrifice for him. It's not an easy calling, but it's the most rewarding calling that you'll ever have. Living for him. Man, if I led 120,000 people to Jesus in one day, God, that'd be phenomenal. But I guarantee you at some point after that, I'd be comfortable somewhere. I'd find a place of comfort. God challenges us to keep going after him. Keep looking for your Nineveh. Keep looking for the places he's called you to. Not settle with just doing what's comfortable for you, but to go after the things that he has for you. Run to your Nineveh. Run towards Nineveh. And God's going to bless you. You're going to live a full life in him. Yeah, it's not always going to be easy. But when you dig through and you go through those tough situations and those difficult times, God blesses you so abundantly because it's worth it. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. 
at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. A lot of us can just get restless. We get bored. We get impatient. We've been believing something for a long time. We've been believing for breakthrough in our life. We've been believing that God's going to do something great through us, but it's just not happening. Or it's not happening the way that you wish it was. Don't get tired of doing what is good. There's a harvest that's waiting for you, for you to reap, for you to, to, to be blessed, to be overwhelmed with. But it's about you going after and continuing to run to God. Continue to run to your Nineveh. Will you stand with me? I want us to take a, a second. Cecilia, will you come up, please? Thank you. Let's take, let's take a couple, couple minutes here. I want you to think about this. Where is your Nineveh? What is your Nineveh? What is the place? And again, I'm speaking about the calling on your life, the people that you're called to right now, the place that you're called to right now. Maybe it's just your relationship with the Lord. Where is your Nineveh? And run to it. Don't run away from Nineveh. Don't run away from the place you're called to. Don't run to what's comfortable, but run to him. It's much more rewarding. Where's your Nineveh? God, we just thank you so much that you are always a compassionate, merciful God. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you love us no matter where we're at. It doesn't change your love for us. It doesn't change the way that you feel about us. It didn't change the way you felt about Jonah even when he ran away from you. And you still redeemed the situation and you still led people to yourself through that. But God, we want to run to you. Father, we don't want to be running after and running away from you. And running after the things that we want. Father, help us open our eyes up to the things that you've called us to, the places you've called us to, the people you've called us to be. And Father, help us not to stay complacent, not to stay in the same place, but to run towards Nineveh tonight, Lord. God, I pray that you would challenge our hearts and our minds, Father. You would reveal to us each individually where our Nineveh is, the place we're called to, the people we're called to. the calling that you've given us. Father, help us not to stay in the same place, but to continue to run after you, to run after more, to desire more, to desire more of you. Challenge our hearts tonight, Father. Lord, we set our minds on you. We set our hearts on you. Take some time with the Lord and just ask him. Where have you called me to be? Am I in the place that you've called me to go to? Or am I just trying to make it up on my own? Am I just uncomfortable? Or am I just restless? Or am I just bored and tired and trying to do it on my own? And make up my own place? Or where do you have me? What are you calling me for? And what are you calling me to be? And who are you calling me to go after? I encourage you, when he speaks that to you, run after that place. Run towards it. Run towards your Nineveh. Run towards the people you're called to. Run towards 
the place that you're called to to be in. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your school. You are called to be a light in your school. You're called to stand out in your school. You're not called just to fit in and be comfortable and easy, being just like everybody else, but you're called to be a light and to stand out. And maybe it's your job, and you just want people to like you at your job, and you don't want to ruffle any feathers. God's calling you to be a light in your job, your workplace, to set an example, to set a standard. Maybe it's the family that you have, and most people in your family either aren't serving the Lord or don't know him at all. And you're called to be a light to them, an example to them. Maybe you're the youngest in your family, and he's still calling you to be a light to them. What's your Nineveh, and are you running after it? Are you running towards it? Or are you staying back because it's comfortable, because it's easier? Be uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable. Don't just do what's easier for you and what's more comfortable for you to do. Go after the things that God has called you to. Go after that greatness. Go after the success for the kingdom. Live a life that's full for him.